To date, the killing spree by the National Socialist Underground, NSU, is one of the most hostile crimes against foreigners in German history. Mehmet Daimagula is a lawyer representing the families of two NSU victims in court. I'm here to talk to him about everyday racism, which he is also familiar with, and how German authorities have failed. Mr. Daimagula, you grew up in Germany. Your parents were Turkish immigrants. What were your personal experiences? Being foreign was the framework we had to operate in. We weren't German citizens. We only ever had temporary residency permits that had to be renewed every few months. That meant each time we went to the office, it was made very clear to us we didn't belong here. How did you experience it in day-to-day -day life? If you grow up in a rural area like I did, if you're the only Turkish person around, then of course that puts you in a unique position. And that means you constantly get beat up. You could set your watch by it. Every Friday after school, here we go again. So of course, you develop a very, very damaged sense of self-esteem and adopt a wariness towards others that makes you always tense and vigilant. That's really hard for a six- or seven-year-old child who's playing with the neighbors, and their parents come and send you, only you, away because that Turkish kid doesn't belong here. Those are formative moments. It happened to you in elementary school. The teacher said you, the only Turkish child in the class, should be sent to a special needs school. Looking back, how do you feel? I think about how lucky I was. There was an old German lady that lived in our house. She knew me, and she took my parents to see that teacher. My parents would have let it go. If the teacher said I needed special education, they thought he must be right. He'd studied, after all. But if it hadn't been for that lady, I really would have ended up at a special school, and I probably wouldn't have gotten out easily. What bothers me isn't the fact that I had to go through that experience, but that I know there are so many children nowadays of Turkish and Arabic descent still being confined to special schools. Children who are just as smart as all the others aren't being given a shot at life. I find that depressing. It makes me sad. You sure showed your old teacher. You made it all the way to Harvard. You became a shooting star in the business-friendly FDP party and were the showcase Turkish member of its federal board. That was at the same time as the NSU murder cases. Back then, did you suspect the crimes were motivated by racism? I didn't suspect it. I knew it. When I was with my Turkish friends or siblings, we always knew they were Nazis, racists. But I never passed this on. I didn't take it to the party executives or delegates because I knew that if I, a Turk, started talking about racism, it would harm me politically. I didn't come forward, in part, out of opportunism.
Today, I'm ashamed of that. You still blame yourself? Of course. I've spoken about it with my clients and the other bereaved relatives I've met, and I've apologized. They were generous to accept. What I've learned is that things won't get better if everyone stays silent. And even if they do, then at least I, personally, must address things, to stay true to myself. Do you still experience the same prejudice in court representing your clients? The prosecution assumes that there were just a few individual perpetrators who didn't have any outside support. This trio theory that the entire NSU only consisted of three people is just not plausible. There are currently four co-defendants. That means even the federal prosecutor believes the trio had at least four supporters. But what's more important is that we've had 24 witnesses who have openly confessed to being in contact and offering support. We're talking about weapons, money, housing, identification papers. So we know the names of 28 people who helped, and the federal prosecutor is still talking about a trio. That can't be. It's not convincing. And I think it's one of the reasons this case won't be able to restore legal peace. Instead, you believe this verdict won't be enough to close the case. You'd like to charge the entire state. Why? Because our state invested millions of euros into helping build up the neo-Nazi underground scene. They subsidized it financially and formally signed on embedded informants. So-called constitution defenders or informants. Exactly. Germany has 19 different secret services, three at the federal level and 16 at the state level. All of them have these embedded informants. But they aren't Democrats working for the state, they're Nazis getting paid by the state. Over the years, these Nazis have received millions of euros. That's millions that they've used to consolidate. They published newspapers, were present online, organized demonstrations. And the state protected these leading neo-Nazis. Tino Brandt is the head of one of the large neo-Nazi organizations the NSU originated from. There were 36 investigative proceedings running on him before the state, the Secret Services, intervened and shut them all down. They had created a monster they obviously couldn't control. Then this monster brought forth the NSU that killed 10 people. All these murders could have been prevented if the state had done its homework. But it didn't, and it can't keep running from its responsibilities. We need to talk about the Nazis' racism, but we also need to talk about the racism that led the police to thinking that a Turkish victim wasn't a victim at all. We also certainly need to speak about how deeply ingrained xenophobic, hostile, racist prejudice has become in society. What's your impression? Definitely. Our society struggles with racism, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. What's alarming is, we used to have Nazi racism, neo-Nazis. We could identify and define that. Now we have racism that is socially accepted. It no longer claims one race is better than the other. The new racism says our culture is superior. Our culture is better than that of the Muslims or Jews. That's happened before in Germany. It has. 
And I associate this new racism with names like Tilo Zaratzin, a former board member of Germany's central bank. He wrote a book speculating that Muslim culture was de facto inferior. It sold one and a half million copies. Germany has socially accepted racism, and we're refusing to talk about it. You are talking about it, and you have been in this trial. But you didn't seek out this mandate. Your clients approached you. In October 2011, I published a book that discusses notions like homeland, belonging, and feelings of exclusion. My first client had read it. It appeared two weeks before the NSU gave itself up. Afterwards, she said she'd felt I'd be a lawyer she wouldn't have to explain things to. I still thought long and hard if I trusted I could take on that kind of responsibility. I decided to because somebody had to do it. And because, after I had failed by remaining silent, I didn't want to let them down again. If I had known back then that I would still be working on this case seven years later, I probably would have thought it over longer. But I'd do it again. Speaking of the past seven years, this must be the most difficult case you have ever taken as a lawyer. How has the trial changed you? You spend years sitting in that one small room, not even two meters away from Andre E., a defendant who has Die Ju Die tattooed across his chest, or from Beata Chepa, the main defendant. You listen to the witnesses from their surroundings, and it's like a swamp in which humans cease being human. Everyone is just a representative of a certain group. There's no more Mr. Uzuduru, no more Mr. Yashar, just Kanaks, Mehmets, and Alis. Over time, I realize that cynicism is contagious, and it's made me more cynical. How? I was in danger of falling into the other person's categorizations, of thinking the same way. Prejudicial. Yes, of course. All the defendants are from East Germany. When I traveled there, I caught myself thinking, I had to be wary of these people. I had started thinking like them. I noticed it wasn't good for me, and that I needed professional help. So I sought out a therapist. I think it's hard to stay the person you used to be in an environment like that. I don't know how to explain it. But I felt it was very... I found it very internally destructive to hear what they were saying and how they were saying it. I wouldn't mind if the trial went on another two or three years and we were able to gain new insights. But for the past year and a half, we have just been playing procedural games with the defendants, and I don't think this case is going to uncover anything new. So I'll really be very grateful when it's over with. 
Mr. Damagula, we wish you strength for your ongoing fight against racism and hostility. Thank you for your time. Thank you.